Welcome to the Matt Morgan Coaching Podcast. The fact that you're listening means you're ready to be inspired and empowered to take your life, love, and leadership to the next level. Hello, my friends. It's Matt Morgan. Welcome back to a brand new podcast. And today we begin a three-week series around parenting and specifically parenting around the Enneagram. The Enneagram has been one of our most popular series on our podcast. And so people have been emailing in saying, hey, Matt, we've loved it. We're now parents. You coached us. You married us. We're now having kids. I got friends with older kids, younger kids, middle age, middle school kids, (laughs) middle age kids. I don't have those yet. But there is a lot of conversations around like, hey, how can we be better parents, which is such a great question. So thank you for emailing in and we invite you to continue to email in questions, desires that you guys have for the podcast. So we're going to do this series, but I have a huge qualifier, okay? I am not the expert. (laughs) I am simply the mouthpiece regurgitating back other experts to be able to give you advice. One man once told me you can't fill anyone's cup, but you can empty yours. And so I'm just going to take what I've learned from some pretty amazing people and empty my cup so that you can have it. Again, I'm not the expert. We'll give you some advice where to go for some of the experts. But today, our topic is on that parenting around the Enneagram. And that's been an amazing series that we've been doing, learning, and continually growing and developing. And so we're going to bring it back. And as we begin, a woman named Debbie Pierce, she's an author, writer, she has talked about four phases of parenting. Because you know what? As our kids grow, our parenting philosophy, our parenting strategy changes. And so, you know, the four phases of relationships that she talks about is from zero to five is called the discipline age. It's where you're trying to help them have a structure, moving them from pre-conventional wisdom, from, you know, putting peanut butter in their hair and pooping in their diaper to saying, nope, we're going to move you to conventional wisdom. We don't do that. We go potty in the potty like a big girl and a big boy and we shake people's hands. And that phase continues on from the discipline stage to what she calls the training stage. That's age six to 12 years old. My wife, Sarah, and I, we're in the training stage right now. We have a six-year-old daughter from the time of this podcast that is aired and almost seven-year-old. Her name is Madison. She's incredible. So we're in the training stage. And so we're still trying to teach her like, hey, we still shake people's hands. Hey, you're part of the family. You help with dishes and you bring them from the table over. And the world doesn't revolve around you, even though you think it does, but we love you dearly. And so we're training her on so many different you know, perspectives. And so that's that's the training years. And then from about age 13 to 18, we transition from the training years, she says, to the coaching years. And the coaching years are more of a hands-off approach, allowing natural consequences to teach the child and then go on the backside and say, hey, what did you learn? And these are life lessons. And then from there, from about 19 on, and again, these are very loose numbers, we move on to the friendship stage. Now, some of you are like, Matt, I got a 20 five-year-old in my basement and I don't know what to do with them. (laughs) You might still be in the coaching phase, okay? So take these numbers with a grain of salt. There's a lot of fluidity around them, around, you know, parenting, around your child's maturity level. 
But eventually what you want to do is, right, is be friends with your kid, you know, to be able to say, hey, we want to do life together. We want to connect together. And so our parenting strategy and structure, again, changes based on these ages. And when it comes to the Enneagram, I remember getting a lot of excitement with people being like, oh my gosh, this is my number. I'm a six. I'm a seven. I'm a nine. So what are my kids? And I jumped right in and was like, oh my gosh, I wonder what my daughter is. Maybe she's an eight. Maybe she's a five. I'm kind of wondering back and forth of what she's doing. And we're even using those language. And then I remember talking to my good buddy, Justin Bender on the phone. And I was like, Hey, what are your kids? And he was like, you know, it's funny that you asked this because I was starting to do the same thing. And then I listened to Suzanne Stabile's words. And Suzanne is actually one of the co-authors of the book that I recommend, which is about the Enneagram. And it's about discovering the true you. And she also writes other books and articles. She speaks. She gives full day seminars on the Enneagram. She is truly an expert. She's from Dallas, Texas. She's a two. And she said something that was so profound that my buddy, Justin referred back to me and he said, hey, Matt, actually typing your children isn't recommended. (laughs) What? Yeah, because the problem is when you try to type your children, especially young children, and a lot of times, you know, we start developing our type around age six. So I'm thinking my daughter's six, so I'm going to go ahead and start typing her. The problem is you can end up pigeonholing your child accidentally. When we do things in order to try to help, sometimes our helping hurts and there's some unintended consequences. One of those unintended consequences is that your kids, when they hear you talk about an eight or a five, like I was doing, they could actually become that. Remember, your personality isn't necessarily the true full you. It's the mask we wear. The word personality comes from the Greek word mask that we wear to cope with life. So may we not help our children begin coping with life because we're speaking words over them before they're ready. And so this was so, so big. But rather, one of the things that she recommends when it comes to the Enneagram is two things. Number one is to think about your kids, not necessarily from trying to type them right now, because really we shouldn't start doing that till about their 16, 18 years old at least. But instead, she said, remember when you look at the Enneagram, you can see that there are triads. There are the feeling triad, which are the two, threes, and fours. There's the thinking triad, which is the five, six, or seven. And then there's the doing triad, which is the eight, nine, and one. And around those types, there's actually this perspective that starts to happen within your child based on the moment that they're in. And she says, rather than trying to type your child, ask this question. Are they in a withdrawing stance, a dependent stance, or an aggressive stance? When you're trying to understand your child, ask yourself those questions because the answer is contingent, a bit different depending on what they're doing and if they're feeling confident or insecure in that moment. So in general, fours, fives, and nines are the withdrawing number, okay? The four is the romantic. If you ask a four what they think, they'll tell you what they feel. They're deep. They're creative. Fives are the investigator. They're the truth tellers. They're very, you know, matter of fact. And the nine is the peacemaker. And that alone, that's one element, the withdrawing. So it's really important when you look at these numbers of like what your children are, but even more importantly, number two, she says, one of the things that is so helpful when it comes to parenting is not typing your child, but understanding how your type impacts your child. And that 
is worth listening into. You see, for me, I'm a three. The three is the achiever, performer, go after it. And one of the most difficult things that I have as a parent is empathy. I mean, I can do empathy and I can perform empathy, but actually having that is a huge struggle for me. And being a three, I'm super fast. I want things done now, effective, fast, efficient. Do you know how hard that is for parenting? My daughter's six years old. How fast do you think she goes, right? Even just getting her shoes on, just getting dressed for school. So I have to be aware that I can become extremely short with my daughter, not because of my daughter, but because of me, because of my wiring. And so as I'm trying to understand her wiring of whether or not she's in a withdrawing, you know, aggressive or dependent number, which we'll talk more about here in a moment, I had to start understanding myself. And so let's talk about yourself. If you're a four, five, or nine, those are typically the withdrawing numbers. And so if your kid's in a withdrawing stance, you'll probably get that a little bit. You know, social media is costing four, fives, and nines more energy than you realize that you have. Four, fives, and nines, they're oriented orientation to time is in the past. And so their tendency is actually to move away from people and withdraw. Your kid could do that. And you could be going, oh my gosh, I do that. You know, they do the repressed thing. They lose energy and they decide, I don't want something to be done at that time. And so fours, you like to do things that you're interested in. Fives, if you're listening, you like to plan of what to do. You want to know what to expect. And nines, let's be honest, you can get easily distracted by doing whatever is right in front of you, right? And children, you guys, they're unpredictable and it makes it difficult to know what tasks to do when in order, you know, to carry that burden or feeling like, you know, am I getting things done or not? Parenting is just hard, okay? There's no right way and every single kid is completely different. People ask, is the Enneagram nature or nurture? Yes, it's both. And I actually think it's probably more nature, like you're born with it. I can't tell how many friends I have. They have four kids. Every single one of the kid is a different type. They look like they were raised by different parents. Same parents, same philosophy, same approach, same love and connection, totally different kid, right? If you're a four listening to this, fours want things to be meaningful. So think about that with your parenting. It's like, oh, I want to make sure that, you know, the things we're doing are really, really meaningful. Fives, like the nines, you have some of the lowest amount of emotional energy. And so everything costs you energy. And so fives, you can maybe find yourself being a little bit less participatory. And, you know, a parent could maybe judge themselves thinking that they're being aloof or cold. And so fives, one of the things that maybe you need to be aware of, especially if your parents didn't say, I love you to your child. That's one thing. It's like, okay, have I told my child lately that I love them? Have I gone to the emotional realm with them? That's one of the great things in parenting if you are a five. And so fives, remember, one of the things I love about fives, they are the only one on the Enneagram that can truly be neutral. I mean, they're like Switzerland. (laughs) I mean, this is a huge gift in parenting, particularly if you have more than one child, right? Because you have the ability to see both sides of the story. Nines, you too, you can see both sides of the story. Fives are very thoughtful and they don't get caught up into politics and gossips. And nines too, nines, they have the unconscious message, you know, for them, like don't exert yourself. And there's this loss message 
message that, you know, your presence matters. And so if your kid is in a withdrawing stance, helping them realize they matter, they're powerful, they're strong, speak words of life over them. And that's important because our words create emotions and our emotions create actions. So when you tell your kid you're being lazy, when you tell your kid you're being crazy, when you're telling kids, you know, you're being so rude or messed up or any of those kind of things, again, be careful about those things because when we speak death over them, that those words create emotions and those emotions create actions. And so think about that nines too, that if somebody's in a withdrawing stance, your presence matters. Again, remember nines struggle with the internal world of not causing conflict and external boundaries of keeping the peace. And so a parent who is laid back, you know, looking on the outside, but on the inside, there are all kinds of questions. So so nines, you look super laid back, but inside there's like, am I doing this right? Should I say this? Should I not say this? Is this the best thing to do or is this not? That's often going on in the world of a nine. Making decisions can be a challenge. And so I think one of the best things to do is just to be honest with where you're at. If you have a spouse or a partner or a friend that's also a mom or a dad, have these conversations and invite them into your world and helping you be a better parent. And so children know that people who are nine parents often say no to little things but yes to big things. So we have some friends that the dad is a nine. And so he's totally says no to little things on a regular basis. So the child knows to go to mom, who's a two. And the two mom actually says yes to a lot of little things. Okay. But here's the difference. The nine dad says yes to big things. Yeah, go ahead. Big things. We're going to do it. But the two mom says no to big things. Oh, because maybe I'll lose you. Maybe we won't be as connected. I don't want you to be growing up. And so I feel bad about this thing. So big life transitions. No, I don't want to do that. I want to keep you the way you are. And so those are an example of even just recognizing how your number impacts parenting. So that's the withdrawing number. Okay. The next Three types are the dependent numbers, and that's the one, the two, and the six. The one is the perfectionist. Their core motivation is to do things right. The two is the helper, and their core motivation is to be of help and to not show their own needs in the process because they really want love. And then sixes are also dependent in their numbers. Their core element is to have certainty, but they struggle with anxiety. So they're called the loyalists. They're like the golden retriever number. And sixes, just so you guys know, if you're listening, remember sixes are actually the highest number, the greatest population in the United States of America. And so anxiety is a really big deal. And the reason why they're called dependent numbers is because they're dependent upon the relationship of other people. They say, I'm okay as long as you're okay. They represent their worth, their value, how they're doing in light of the presence present moment of the person they're with. Okay. And this is huge to understand. And so, you know, if you're a one, for example, you want to be able to accomplish things and do it right without the extra work of, you know, patronization from your partner of like, Hey, you know, relax. It's no big deal. All that kind of stuff doesn't really help a one. And so ones, you probably wake up almost every day going, Oh my gosh, I can't make a mistake. 
And yet parenting, <laughs> we're gonna make tons of mistakes, right? Our children are hard to figure out. Parenting, there's not manuals for this kind of stuff. And so it's really challenging. And so the challenge for the one is like feeling like I have to be perfect. And so when your partner says relax or it's no big deal, you know, those feel and come across as patronizing to the one, not helpful. So if you're married to a one, if you're connected to a one, maybe just say, hey, how could I come alongside you and help you? That could be really powerful. If you are a two, one of the things you have to realize is that twos can actually become helicopter moms and they can have to make sure that their kid is safe. But in trying to be so safe, they forget to actually let their kid have life consequences. Remember the coaching ages, 13 to 18 or 25, you know, there's that period of time. I've had one of my coaches or I'm the coach and one of my business clients, she had interviewed three different millennials at the same time. And then some Gen Z's. Gen Z is born between 2000 and 2019. So early 2000s, she's starting to do some job interviews for some 18 year olds. And she said, the first person that came in my office, Matt, we had a great interview, we had a great conversation. And the end of the conversation with like, okay, well, before I accept this position, I need you to talk to my mom because she needs to vet you. <laughs> she was like, I thought this was a fluke. And I sent them out and be like, this is clearly not a good fit. The next Two people in a row, same exact thing. Who do you think their mom is? Probably a two, right? So if you're a two mother, you love your kids so much, but making them in big life transitions is probably really going to be hard for you. And so that's something to be aware of. And then sixes, they are people who are super encouraging, but they oftentimes they'll trust other people, but they won't trust themselves in making their own decisions. They fear they're going to make the wrong decision. And so again, if you're relating to a six, don't say things like, well, you don't need to worry about that. It's no big deal. Or tell them why they shouldn't see that that way. That doesn't help a six. They need to actually process fully and then from there talk themselves off of a ledge. And so six is fear like, oh my gosh, I have to read every single parenting book. Am I doing it right? My kid doesn't line up that way. And oh my gosh, I'm terrible. Sixes, may you understand this and all of us need to understand this. Aside from the Enneagram, okay, that's great. But the core thing is this, and this is what Suzanne Stabile says. Listen, if your children feel loved, safe, and heard, you're doing great, okay? We can't manage the outcomes of our children, but if they know and if you feel like, hey, I love them, I'm present with them, they feel safe, they feel heard, you're doing great. The Enneagram, it's important, but not essential. What is important is, hey, I'm being honest with how I'm doing as a parent, <laughs> okay? Especially threes listening, that's really big for you because, you know, threes live in the world of like everything's awesome and, you know, we need to turn a bad thing into a good thing and everything's awesome. How's parenting? How's your daughter? How's your son? How's parenting five kids? Oh, you know, I'm a rock star. I'm awesome. No, it's okay. It's hard. I have no idea what I'm doing. Please help. <laughs> okay, threes, that's really big. And I just shared as a three, you know, being able to be patient, being able to try to learn empathy and connect emotionally emotionally with your child is going to be really, really powerful. Now with that, that transitions us. We've talked about the withdrawing. We've talked about the dependent. And then the next one is the aggressive. Number three, number seven, and number eight are all the aggressive stances. These three numbers have the most emotional energy out of all the types. And so if you're a three, you're thinking, okay, let's go after this. You can't wait for them to start playing sports or start getting, you know, perfect grades and start, you know, getting them into being little entrepreneurs, whatever it is. That's awesome. But again, just being present and letting things be slow is a great lesson for a three. And then the seven, the seven is the enthusiasm. And the seven loves 
fun. They think in terms of fun. And so the seven parent, one of the things we have to realize is that sometimes as a parent, we can't just be their friend. Okay, and have fun. Sometimes we need to discipline them out of love. Sometimes love is tough love. Sometimes it's not always fun. And sometimes that pain that you have to watch your child go through, you can't resolve for them and just go get an ice cream cone. We need to actually sit in it, depending on, you know, again, where they're at in their journey and their age. And then the last one is the eight. The eight is the person who's like the lion. You know, they're the person who's the leader, the challenger is what they're called. And so one of the big challenges of the eight is to not be verbally... you know, abusive to your child, yell at your child, you know, what are you doing? But what's great about eights is that they are fierce for the people who are underdogs. They are fierce for justice. And so as an eight, we need to understand, we need to be aware of what we do with our words because you go to the anger side and you externalize your anger. So you could very easily accidentally be yelling at your kids and that creates emotional trauma (laughs) over time for your kid, depending on how much and how hard you do this. Suzanne talked about, especially she uses this with kids who are adopted. She said, you know, I don't use numbers with them, but I do think it's helpful to think of types as animals. And she says the ones, the perfectionists, they're the worker bees. Twos are kangaroos. Threes are eagles. Fours are butterflies. Fives are owls. Sixes are bunny rabbits. Sevens are monkeys. Eights are lions. And nines are turtles. And so it's a little bit less trying to define you and just kind of holding those perspectives a little bit more loosely when you're talking about your children. Now, one of the things that I just want to point out is the beauty. There is something beautiful around the character of each type to celebrate. We talk a lot about the shadow side and what's not great, but to think about speaking words of life over your child and seeing areas when they're in their aggressive stance, which aggressive is future, Okay, they're thinking in the future. They're thinking, you know, proactively. The withdrawing is in the past. Aggressive is all in the future. And, you know, the dependent is in the present. But here's what's great. The one, man, what's so great about their character is they truly are good people. They love doing things right. That's what matters for them. What a great character trait, right? The twos, love and care is how they soar. They're some of the most loving people on the planet. Threes, they provide hope and radiance in this world and they inspire you, empower you to move forward. Fours, oh my gosh, their creativity and their depth is amazing. Fives, wisdom. They have applied knowledge and they speak the truth with neutrality. Sixes are some of the most faithful, loyal, and courageous people you'll ever meet. Sevens, carry joy and abundance and it's so much fun to be around them with their incredible optimism. Eights are powerful. They break through barriers and they protect those who could not protect themselves. They are fierce for the little guy. And nines have peace that surpasses understanding and oneness with the group. And so as you're parenting, I just want to encourage you, continue to go forward. You know, we all are making this up as we go. We're always, you know, learning and growing. But this is probably one of the best things that I heard around the Enneagram and parenting. Don't type your child, type yourself and realize your own parenting flaws and strengths you bring to your child. And so that is part one. And next week we'll go into a new phase of parenting as you go forward, regardless of the age of your child. Cheers for now. And we'll see you next week.
Thanks for listening to the Matt Morgan Coaching Podcast. Subscribe below, share it with your friends, and if you want to take your life, love, or leadership to the next level, check us out online at mattmorgan.com.